As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including methyl action. Methyl action contains B vitamins in their active forms, promoting a vital process called methylation, which helps maintain normal homocysteine levels, supporting neurological, cardiovascular, eye, and bone health. Methyl action is a good choice for anyone who wants to support their overall health and well being. It is especially beneficial for individuals wanting to keep their homocysteine levels within normal range and want to age gracefully. For more information and to order methyl action, just go to drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Methyl action. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I have a private practice here, and I work with Dr. Ronald Hoffman here in New York City. If you'd like to make an appointment, 212-779-1744. They're finding out in the research that there are key nutrient deficiencies linked to Alzheimer's disease development. Now we know that Alzheimer's disease, you know, we, we've had the twin epidemics that we like to call diabetes, obesity and diabetes. Alzheimer's is a type of type 3 diabetes, but they're finding that there are key nutrient deficiencies, which is very interesting. So the burden of Alzheimer's disease is actually staggering. From an economic perspective, healthcare costs are estimated at more than $170 billion per year. That's just in our country. Worldwide dementia is as high as $24 million, and it's expected to grow four times higher by the year 2050. That is not good news. Now, while various models of pathogenesis exist, indicating that Alzheimer's is a multifactorial process, the present theories associated with the development of Alzheimer's disease link oxidative damage free radical damage to disease progression. And because of this, a recent study published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, that's what it's called, the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, looked at antioxidant levels, specifically carotenoids, that's in your beta-carotene vitamin A family, and tocopherols, that's in your vitamin E family. The study featured samples of donor brains with confirmed Alzheimer's disease, and they were compared to healthy elderly donor brains. The researchers found 
that there were substantially lower concentration levels of the following, the following nutrients. Get this, lutein, zeaxanthin, retinol, retinol is full-on vitamin A, lycopene, and alpha-tocopherol <clears throat> compared to healthy brain tissue. The most deficient antioxidants were lycopene and zeaxanthin. So this is the first study, and this is coming out of Integrative Practitioner. This is the first study to compare the levels of retinol, carotenoids, and tocopherols, which are the vitamin E family, in brains of confirmed Alzheimer's with those in healthy elderly brains. And the most recent study builds upon a strong foundation of previous research. So let's talk diet deficiency. A 2021 cohort of 927 elderly Midwest residents who were followed for seven years found that total carotenoid intake was associated with a 48% reduction in the rate of Alzheimer's disease. Among the 508 deceased participants, those who consumed the most lutein, zeaxanthin, and lycopene, they didn't develop Alzheimer's disease. Deficiency in these nutrients has also been studied. A 2023 systematic review and meta-analysis published in BMC Geriatrics concluded that low blood carotenoid levels may be a risk factor for developing mild cognitive impairment and dementia. So dietary carotenoids have also been studied. Research demonstrates that adherence to a Mediterranean-type diet, there was a Mediterranean-intervention for neurodegenerative delay, the MIND diet, which is high in carotenoids. These eating plans are very, very high in carotenoids. We're talking about your leafy greens, your carrots, your tomatoes, your various fruits, specifically lutein, zeaxanthin, also found in egg yolks, found in liver, found in butter, is associated with better cognition and reduced risk of cognitive decline. And all these foods I just mentioned to you, these are all part of a Mediterranean diet. Remember, there is no such thing as low-fat dairy in a Mediterranean diet. Everything is full-on the way food is found in nature. Now, in addition to diet, research also indicates that supplementation is effective. Get this, a 2017 randomized placebo-controlled trial involving participants with a mean age of about 74 years old found that taking a lutein zeaxanthin supplement improved cognitive function, including memory, 
and including executive function. I say eat those egg yolks and butter and big, big salads and various colored fruits. A 2022 randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial involving 90 people aged 40 to 75 years with self-reported cognitive dysfunction found that lutein zeaxanthin supplementation resulted in improvements in visual learning, visual episodic memory after six months. So there, you vitamin bashers. Take your vitamins. So going beyond eye health, lutein and zeaxanthin are perhaps most known for their positive impact on eye health. Research demonstrates that lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation can help delay the progression of eye diseases such as age-related macular degeneration and cataracts. Lutein, in particular, has been shown to benefit eye health, especially for age-related macular degeneration. A 2022 review of nine studies involving about 855 participants found that lutein supplementation improved macular pigment optical density in patients with age-related macular degeneration. So this latest study builds upon previous research indicating that carotenoids, especially lutein and zeaxanthin, can not only benefit our eyes, but they could help protect our brains while reducing the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So we need encouragement to eat a diet high in carotenoids, possibly recommending dietary supplements to at least those people at high risk. As an effective strategy to enhance brain function and reduce the risk of Alzheimer's disease. I want to thank Carolyn Gazella from Integrative Practitioner in bringing this to light at Integrative Practitioner. Something else I want to talk to you about, speaking of Alzheimer's, because I just said we like to call Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes. Going to bed late increases risk of diabetes. Going to bed late increases risk of diabetes. There was a new study found that waking up late and going to bed late was associated with a 19% increased risk of diabetes for middle-aged women. Now, don't go harping on your children and teenagers for sleeping in late or staying up late. They shouldn't be staying up late on school nights. You know that. But this increased the risk by 19% for middle-aged women. This is published in the Journal of Annals of Internal Medicine. The study indicates that those with an evening chronotype, more commonly known as night owls, so what is your chronotype? So the study indicates that those with an evening chronotype 
more commonly known, known as night owls, tend to have less healthy lifestyles than those with early bird sleeping habits. And this contributes to greater risk of type 2 diabetes. You've heard me say in previous podcasts, if you're staying up late, you're probably snacking more, you're probably hungrier, and we know you're not hungry for broccoli. You're hungry for chips and other, you know, calorically dense foods that are very poor on nutrition quality, just full of a lot of refined carbs. Because when we're, when we're looking to snack, we're not snacking on a salad, right? Or a piece of salmon or leftover steak. We're looking for chips and sweets and stuff like that. <clears throat> so chronotype or circadian preference. Is your circadian preference to be a night owl? Is that your chronotype? A night owl? So chronotype or circadian preference, refers to a person's preferred timing of sleep and waking and is partly genetically determined, so it may be difficult to change. People who think they're night owls may need to pay more attention to their lifestyle because their evening chronotype may increase, may add increased risk for type 2 diabetes. Listen, I think you're a night owl when you're younger. Some more creative types tend to be night owls. Guess what? I'm a creative type. I'm a musician, but I'm no longer a night owl. I like being in bed by 10 o'clock, 10.30. Really? It's, it's magic, the sleep that happens. And waking up at about 5. That's my usual wake up. If I go to bed at 10, if I go to bed at, if I fall asleep at 9.23, which was happening a lot, I was waking up at 4.38. That's not an early wake up. I'm done after six hours, sometimes after five and a half. The most important critical thing to think about is, are you waking up refreshed like you're done sleeping, right? That's the thing. And I don't believe believe that your chronotype is genetically determined. Because think about it. If you know, if, if you change where you live in the world, that's gonna kind of either agree or disagree with your chronotype, but you still want to be in the lifestyle of the region of the world where you live. You know, right now I'm bringing you this this podcast. You know, I'm I'm taping this, it's 10:30 a.m. But in Europe, it's 4.30 p.m. Maybe it's 5, you know, or, or an hour earlier. I'm not sure if they got into their daylight savings yet or something. So your chronotype can be changed. I have to disagree with the researchers here. You can train yourself. And while you're trying to train yourself to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier, don't take any naps during the day. And if you do take a nap, it should not be more than 20 to 30 minutes. So researchers analyzed data from 63,676 female nurses from the Nurses Health Study to a joint effort between the Brigham's Channing Division of Network Medicine and Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, which is among the largest investigations into risk factors for major chronic diseases in women. The data was collected 
between 2009 and 2017 and included self-reported chronotype, diet quality, weight and body mass index, sleep timing, smoking behaviors, alcohol use, physical activity, and family history of diabetes. Researchers assessed the participants' diabetes risk with self-reported data and medical records. Among the participants, approximately 11% reported having a definite evening chronotype and about 35% they had a definite morning chronotype. The remaining participants fell between evening and morning chronotypes and were grouped into an intermediate category. Before researchers accounted for lifestyle factors, the evening chronotype was associated with a 72% increased risk of diabetes. Hey, if that's not a reason, 72% increased risk of diabetes if you're a night owl. If that's not a reason to change your habits, I don't know what is. After lifestyle factors were accounted for, the evening chronotype was associated with a 19% increased risk of diabetes. So, lifestyle factors have everything to do with it because if you are a night owl, maybe you do drink more, you smoke, all the other things that go with increasing your risk of metabolic abnormalities like diabetes. Researchers also found that among the unhealthiest participants, 25% of them had evening chronotypes. In other words, they were night owls. In contrast, of the healthiest people, only 6% had evening chronotypes. The study also showed that only nurses with evening chronotypes who work day shifts, not overnight shifts, had an increased risk of diabetes. That's actually interesting. So they're literally up and not getting enough sleep. And we also know from a previous study, I want to interject here, that not sleeping well can cause hyperglycemia, can cause higher blood sugars, can increase your risk of diabetes. So not sleeping well, being a night owl, not getting enough sleep. So when chronotype was not matched with work hours, we saw an increase in type 2 diabetes risk. That was another very interesting finding suggesting that more personalized work scheduling could be beneficial. So while the study found an interesting link between being a night owl, that evening chronotype, and an increased risk of diabetes, it did not determine causality. This means that being a night owl does not cause diabetes. But the researchers said they plan to further investigate evening chronotypes, a.k.a. night owls, and their role in diabetes risk in larger, more diverse populations. Quote, if we're able to determine a causal link 
between chronotype and diabetes or other diseases? Physicians and other practitioners could better tailor prevention strategies for their patients. This is true. But listen, a night owl is going to be, I, want, I don't want to see more of a partier, but yeah, probably. You know, these are people going to the disco at 10 p.m. I remember those days where during the middle of the day you would take what we call a disco nap because you're going out to the club later and coming back in at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Hey, that was fun. I don't miss those days. I think it's fun to be a night owl when you're younger. But wow, I do love my sleep, especially bedtime, when those first few, owl, first few hours <laughs> of really, really deep sleep, that's the most restorative sleep that we're talking about. That is the most restorative sleep. According, according to European natural medicine. So it's important to get to bed at a, at a reasonable hour, wake up at a reasonable hour, and really keep that going every day. Yeah, you're going to have special occasions where you're out late and stuff like that, but I'm talking 75% to 90% of the, of the time. If you do it right, you're going to remain in pretty good health. And hey, you're a listener to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Dr. Hoffman and I would not steer you wrong on the advice that we're compelled to share with you. And by the way, we love hearing from you. So questions at drhoffman.net. Questions at drhoffman.net. That's where you can email us your questions and topics of interest. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.